Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today we are talking about dealing with difficult people and identifying some strategies for communicating with them. And joining us today to talk about that is Chris Plackey, and she is a leadership coach and consultant. So, Chris, thanks for joining the show today. In your experience, why do you believe this is something that people struggle with? Well, hi. Thanks for having me on today. I think that uh, the truth is is that we have so many different experiences as human beings in our lives and how we experience one another. We're going to run into people we don't get along with that see the world differently than we do. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those little challenges that we experience with people at work can really, really derail people's engagement and their performance Mm -hmm. overall. When you mention, you know, see the world differently, is this kind of how you would define like a difficult person or difficult behaviors, just, you know, seeing things a little bit differently and having those different personalities or is there more to that? I see it sort of as a scale, Mm -hmm. right? So on one side of the scale, you have someone who drives you nuts because their music is too loud in their cube. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's one side of it. And then you go all the way to the other side of the scale where we're looking at people who are bullies, you know, and have intention of being difficult and hurting people and Mm -hmm. abusing people, you know. So the work that I do mostly is in the middle because I think that, you know, in my experience, 95% of the people that we call difficult don't really know that they are. Okay. And so the behaviors that we're talking about really are about just that we have had different experiences in the world and how we have learned to communicate, how we have learned to share information, how we have learned to share, period. Right. Um, We bring it to work with us, Mm -hmm. you know. Do you think it's more difficult to work with, you know, that person that's on the one side of the scale that drives you nuts with their music or with the people who have that intention of being difficult? Well, I think dealing with people who are intentionally trying to undermine or hurt you is very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. And it becomes exponentially more challenging when you work in an organization that doesn't support you. Okay. You know, that's a much bigger problem. I've seen it in both cases, right? I've seen organizations that have really effective policies for dealing with that kind of behavior. And then I've seen organizations that don't. And it really depends on the culture of the organization and what they value. Mm -hmm. And if they value relationships and engagement and respect, then there's less likely to be tolerance for that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. If they value performance and results and outcomes above anything else, then they may be more tolerant of poor behavior from their employees. But I will say that a lot of the people that I coach, it really is the other stuff. It's not necessarily as trite as someone playing their music as loud as in their cube, but Mm -hmm. it's more about, you know, they don't listen to me. They don't share with me. They dismiss me. And it may not even be that they're doing that, but it's how that person is experiencing them. And then they label them as difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, what I tell people is as soon as you've labeled someone or something as difficult, you're right. They are. Right. You immediately start to find evidence to reinforce your perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting um, idea that the minute that you label someone as being difficult, that changes your whole perception of that individual. Mm -hmm. 
Is that really kind of where this whole problem of, you know, having problems dealing with these people come from because you've just you're just not identifying with them on the same level or having, you know, problems putting yourself in in their shoes? Yeah, it can really start there. I mean, it always starts there, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I write about is that a difficult person isn't difficult until someone else believes that they are. All it takes is for all of us, all of us have been difficult people. Mm-hmm. We don't want to believe that, but we've all been that person. And it's always so interesting to kind of go along in your life and think everything's good. And then all of a sudden someone thinks you're difficult. Like, well, wait a minute, what are you, what are you talking about? How can I be difficult? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I've seen people say that, that a colleague is difficult because they are stubborn and abrasive and direct. Right. And I've, pe- I've had people say that people are difficult because they're too nice. They're too passive. They're too easy to get along with. They don't have an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So the difficult is so nebulous. It's this vague term. It's this vague definition that we use that describes someone who doesn't do stuff the way we want them to do it or does stuff that we weren't expecting or whatever. So yeah, so it really is about the way that we define it. And then once we've defined it, then we're then our mind is looking for evidence to prove whatever we think about them to be true. So if I decided that you are difficult, I have to find evidence to prove it. It's just my mind needs it to line up that way. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. So would you say that that we inherently spend a lot of time obsessing over this and you know, with mm. that obsession, it just kind of makes it into a bigger deal than it really needs to be. And then in turn, it gets even more difficult to work and communicate with that person in the workplace. Yeah, I think I think the way that I would express it is, and when, what I do say a lot is, what happens is people get into this pattern of resistance with what really is happening. Mm-hmm. So when you say obsessive, I, the way I see that is more like, okay, so you do work with a person who is direct. That doesn't make them difficult. That makes it difficult for you because you're not Mm -hmm. used to working with someone like that or you don't understand how to communicate with them. But now that you believed that the relationship is difficult, now you're spinning on it because what people spend most of the time wanting is for that person to change so that they can feel better. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that person's not going to (laughs) change. Right. People don't change. (laughs) No, they don't change unless they want to. They don't Mm -hmm. change because you want them to. And so when people stay in this sort of negative spin cycle of, I want you to be different, I want you to be different so I can feel better, that's kind of aligns with what you were saying about obsessing. It just stay in the space. And so what I try to do is help people see, look, let's just acknowledge the way that they behave. Mm-hmm. And now let's decide how you want to interact with them as a result. Instead of being reacting to them, let's respond. Let's mm-hmm. get proactive in the way that we think about it and have a a different way of approaching the relationship. Just to me, and and correct me if I'm wrong, this kind of sounds like having differing communication styles. Mm -hmm. So do you think it kind of boils down all to how everyone is communicating with each other and then, you know, what your preferred communication style is? Because person A Mm -hmm. might, you know, have a different preferred communication style than person B. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? I do a lot of that work. I've done a lot of those different kinds of assessments that sort of help people know what their personality style is. And I think they're helpful. I also think that what happens for a lot of people is that they show up like this. Like like even the article that I wrote about this, there were comments in the the trailer for it, right? And Mm -hmm. some of the people would write, well, this is just how I am. So you have to figure out how to deal with me. Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, okay, well, that's not really good. 
Mm-hmm. That just is where we get into trouble because people lock in, they lock horns, right? Mm-hmm. They say, well, you need to communicate with me this way for me to get along with you. And that's sort of ridiculous. Right. Like, and, and then what happens too is I have a lot of people who say to me, well, why should I have to change? You know, so let's say you, Katie, are really direct and really difficult to talk to in my, from my assessment. Mm-hmm. And I have this whole belief that you need to be different so that I can get along with you. So I come along as your coach and I say, well, you know what, Katie, maybe we should talk about how you could interact differently. Mm-hmm. And what happens is a lot of people start thinking, well, why should I have to change to get along with them? Why don't they change so that we get along better? And they see it as a, like, they have to, you know, kiss someone's butt or they have to do this thing or they mm-hmm. have to give thing, they have to give up, right? Something in order to get along. And my perspective is the opposite. I think that if you learn how to work within a particular relationship, you're actually gaining, you're gaining a skill, you're practicing something else. And because of that, you actually advance yourself, you become more competent by learning how to negotiate different kinds of relationships. Mm -hmm. If you sort of stay in your position and say, no, everybody else needs to change to get along with me, you're not growing. No, you're not challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you say to work within a relationship and in the workplace, every relationship is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So what strategies do you have for kind of developing, um, you know, a way to identify, Okay, this is what, you know, this person, Mm -hmm. this is how they are. This is how I should then respond to them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, person B is different, like we had mentioned earlier. So what strategies do you have for kind of mapping this out and then keeping it all straight in your head when you're communicating with these people? Yeah. Okay. So two, two primary things I do. First, I work with people to notice how they're behaving. What we tend to do when we get into a relationship where we don't like the way that someone else is interacting with us is we put all our attention on them. Mm -hmm. So what they do, what they did, what they said, how they made me feel, you know, this whole I mean, you can go into any workplace anywhere and this is what you will, you'll hear. Oh, well, he made me feel so angry that I had to blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I always do with a client is help them understand how they're behaving first mm-hmm. because they're so focused on the other person. And then what I do is I teach them a model. It's the model that I wrote my book about and it's an awareness model, but it helps people understand that things are going to happen in the world every day that you have no control over right? Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about people who are quote unquote difficult, let's just talk about that. They're going to say things to you in a meeting. They're going to not show up into a meeting. They're going to talk to your employees when you don't want them to. They're going to take ideas that you thought were originally yours. You know, all sorts of things are going to happen that you have no control over. Mm -hmm. But what you do have control over is what you decide to define that experience as in your mind. Okay. So let's say that someone comes to a meeting and I believe calls me out in the meeting for not finishing a project on time. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of options for how I choose to receive that experience. I can see that they're attacking me, they're undermining me, they're trying to hurt me, or I could decide to think they're just asking me a question and I didn't meet the project deadline, so I probably should answer why I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. So the first thing we do is look at, okay, so how do you define the experience? Because that's what you're doing in your mind. There's the fact of it that someone said in a meeting, why didn't you finish your project on time? And then there's the story that I make up about why they said it. So once we know what we're thinking about, then we can understand that how we think drives what we feel. Mm-hmm. So if I think that someone is attacking me, 
how might I feel? Aggressive, upset, angry. Yeah. Defensive, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of things I might feel. And how I feel drives what I do. So if I feel angry, I might be hurt. I might yell. I -hmm. might shut down. I mean, everybody responds differently to anger, right? Right. So then we have to look at, okay, so how does me being angry and being then curt, acting curt to this person who I believe is difficult, actually reinforce a problem in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's so interesting, but we don't notice ourselves. We're mm-hmm. so busy paying attention to them. So what we do instead is we notice, okay, yeah, well, I didn't finish the project, so I have an opportunity to answer. I might feel nervous, but I won't feel angry. Mm-hmm. And when I feel nervous, I might fumble a little bit, but maybe it gives me an opportunity to express myself. And when I express myself, I have a very different outcome than when I'm curt and angry with someone. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I help people understand that you always have a choice. In every situation, you have a choice. You do not have to respond a certain way because someone said something to you. You can choose to respond differently. Because the truth is, is you're never going to change the other person. We've already talked about that. Mm -hmm. And if you're unhappy and you're miserable, and it's, I mean, some people are extremely stressed out. And I'm speaking from personal experience, having worked with people that I believe to be very difficult. It can be very, very disruptive, not just at work, but in your personal life, right? And in your health. So when we know we can't change someone else, how about we work on changing ourselves so that at least we feel better every day? Mm -hmm. We've got to take some of the ownership back. Otherwise, you know, we're just flopping in the wind with whatever anybody says to us. We, we let that light us up and make us feel bad. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at these two strategies, what challenges do you see people facing a lot? Is it just that it's, you no, know, it's quick. It's like now, got to respond now. And then you just don't have the time to think on your feet. Yeah, it's practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been teaching this work for nine years. And I still get noticed that, you know, somebody will say something to me and I, I get, I can feel it. I can feel the anger or mm-hmm. the hurt or the whatever. So, so it's practice. It's knowing that you don't have to respond right away. But that's the biggest challenge is that we are taught. I mean, really, we're taught from the time that we were children that other people can hurt our feelings, right? right. I mean, think about it when you were two or five or you came home from kindergarten. And, I mean, I had an experience with my son, the same situation where he came home and, and he said, so-and-so hurt my feelings today. And I'm like, well, why did he hurt your feelings? And he said, well, he hurt my feelings because he called me weird. Why would he call, call me weird, right? He was in seventh grade. It was very sad. And I said, okay, well, what if you went to school tomorrow and he started laughing at you again and pointing at you and said, oh, that's so funny, Ben. You have purple hair. And Ben looked at me and he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so silly. And I said, why do you think that's silly? And he said, well, because I don't have purple hair, mom. It's silly. Mm-hmm. And I said, right. So if he laughed at you because you had purple hair, you wouldn't believe him. But because he laughed at you and called you weird, you did believe him. And that's why it hurt. Mm-hmm. So he didn't hurt your feelings. It's because you believed him that your feelings got hurt, right? Which is in your mind, not, not him. It's your mind. So the biggest challenge for us is that we have learned this, that other people create our emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. We have learned this since we were young. And as adults, the good news is we have a choice. We have a choice, but it is practice. It's not mm-hmm. something that happens overnight. And I would never say that it's easy, but I do believe it's the way out, especially when you're in a situation with someone, if it's your boss, 
you can't get away. This is a mm-hmm. person that's difficult in your life that you want to negotiate because you want to stay where you are. You don't want to leave your job. You can't leave your job. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people are where they are. And so let's figure out how to make it work rather than just yelling at the wind trying to get this person to be different because that's not an option. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. Now, before we wrap things up today, I did want to give you the floor for these last 30 seconds to share any final pieces of advice as it relates to, you know, communicating with difficult people in the office and what people can really do to be successful with these strategies that we've been talking about today. You know, I think this is it's such a common problem, and I think a lot of people want a quick fix for this, and they want to know that there's something that can be done, and generally that means that they want the other person to be different. And my best advice to clients that I work with is let's pretend that's not an option and let's focus on you and what you want to do to help yourself feel better and be more effective and more successful. And where this is usually the biggest problem for people is when they don't have a clear sense of what they want out of either their career or their next job. So when they're not focused on where they're going, it makes what they're dealing with today feel huge and insurmountable. So sometimes the best gift you can give yourself when you're dealing with a challenging relationship is to refocus on what's the path I'm on? Where am I going? Clearly, this is here today, but it's only a season. It's just a part of my life. It's not forever. And let's get refocused on the direction I want to go. The person I'm dealing with here is a person that I can find tools to change how I'm responding and change how I'm interacting so that I get a different result for myself. But ultimately, I have a direction, I have goals, and I don't want to let this person interfere with me being able to achieve what ultimately I want for my life. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest advice is don't give up on what's important to you because you've run into someone that is difficult. And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up today's show. We have been talking with Chris Plackey from Leadership Coach Incorporated. And if you'd like to find more employment-related shows, please head over to aljaneradio.com. If you do have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and I wish you the best of luck with your career. 